So, Molly, girl, listen, I'll never forget, your mom got so mad. <laughs> I laugh because, okay, so I will give the people in the audience, uh, just their, as they're listening, a little bit of tidbit. So, um, I work for the radio station, they all know that, but your mom and dad are clients of mine, right? So, we go in the shop, be bopping in, we're there, we're like there an hour and a half, like my boss is there, we're there, we're chit-chatting it up. And you're like, yeah, I want to, I want, I want to come on the podcast. I was like, that would be awesome. And you're like, don't say anything. Oh, okay, I'm writing a book. Really? You go, girl. And I'm like, this girl right here is a rock star. I got in the truck with Roger, and I was like, look, she's in Nashville. She's writing a book. I mean, and you just said a lot of things that day, but I knew that it was true. Like it was from the heart. Like you completely have this life. You're genuine. You got a joy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, boy, if I didn't talk to your mom after in January or after she's like, did you know? I was like, yeah, I knew. She's like, what? And I was like, well, she did tell me, but I wasn't supposed to say anything. It was in the vault. <laughs> mom swears she's the only person that didn't know about this book before it released. And like, I will give her that. I did tell a good amount of people like around here because they don't know them, right? They're right. not going to say anything. But uh, I had to also find ways to promote it. And I was like, well, you have a podcast. Mom won't be on your podcast, apparently. So I'll take it. (laughs) So sister, so let's talk about this. So let's talk about your age, first and foremost. All right. All right. So how old are you? Okay, I'm 26, but I'm so close to being 27. I'll be 27 in April. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Really? When's your birthday? It's April 8th. Really, mine's April 4th, and I'm not going to be 27. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't, I guess I, you just recently did a pod, podcast about your age, right? Yeah, well, I did. I broke down and talked about it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy, sister. I broke it down. I was like, this is insane. <laughs> Listen, I did. It, that's funny you said that because I just talked about that. And then um, I've got another one coming out that um, God kind of gave me this year. I mean, I don't know, because we're going to talk about quiet time and stuff and about just what you do and how that looks and stuff. But um, God just every year I ask for a Bible verse that I can just claim for that year. And then an area in my life that I really need to work on. He's like, hey, you want to work on your health? And I'm like, why? Because I'm about to <laughs> in my mid 40s. Like, really? I mean, it's sort of I mean, I think I need to work on my health because I've got oh, sissy. all of Oh, this. my gosh. Look at that. That is crazy. I'm drinking coffee. It's 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 seven twenty six and I'm like an eighty year old. My son's like, Mom, you're addicted to coffee. I'm like, No, it's just cold outside, and I want to be warm. No, I feel that I have a heated blanket, and I kind of want a weighted blanket. So <laughs> I'm a little old lady too. So I get. Oh it. no, I love it. Old soul, sister. Old soul. That's <laughs> all that is. That's an, that's all that is. So let's talk about this. You're twenty six, and you've never had a boyfriend. I have one now. Oh, snap. <laughs> Hallelujah. See? All right, God. Listen, it always works out in perfect timing. But let's talk but about But up until this point, no, I have never had one. Well, listen, kudos to you. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm really going to be, uh, that is awesome, okay? Because in the world that we live in, and you know that, when the world of social media and all these things and people, especially women, right, we don't know... We want to identify if you're not close with God. And I mean, you know this and I just because this book and, and how he nudged you and we'll get to that in a minute. But I've, I've seen so many women that don't find their worthiness in Christ. Right. And they just they kind of they settle and, and they're like, I'm and it's like 
you can always look at him and you can kind of tell, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Like you were settling for somebody that is not even worthy of you at all. Not even worthy of, you know, your coattails. <laughs> I mean, this should be realistic. And you know how guys are. They're just, and I'm raising one. I mean, literally, I'm raising one. <laughs> yeah, trust me. I know, I'm very well aware of the online dating scene in Nashville. And it, it is not great. So uh, tell me about this. So, okay. So let's, I, I gotta, okay. Well, do you want to talk about the boyfriend first or the book? Or the book? Let's, I want to, I want to, I want well, let's talk about the book first. I think the book is more important right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you, when did you start writing this book? Like how did this process and what did this look like for you? Yeah. So um, I'll try not to make it too long, but I know that in 2019, I was in two of my best friend's weddings. And we'll just preface this as, honestly, I never really struggled with being single. Like it never really bothered me too much, you know, really up, even in college, I was kind of just content doing my own thing. I mean, I did kind of go to college hoping that I would meet someone, but it didn't really bother me like that I hadn't met anyone throughout college. But I graduated college in 17. I moved to Nashville. I'm living my life. I'm doing like fun things. I'm staying involved. And like, Again, not super bothered at the fact that I'm single, you know, but I was in two of my best friend weddings in 2019. And then um, that kind of hit me a little bit because my roommate at the time was one of those. And so that put me in a kind of a hard pickle of trying to figure out what my next move is financially when it comes to like renting. Um, and so like trying to figure out if I'm going to be able to find another roommate, how am I going to afford to live on my own? Will I be able, cause Nashville's expensive. Yes, girl. <laughs> it's real expensive. And, um, so I remember it just kind of was hard. And honestly, I started to think like, I started to have a little bit of jealousy comparison started to creep in envy of just like, why is this not happening to me? Cause I feel like I've done everything my whole life gone, you know, not that I'm deserving of it necessarily, but I've kind of done everything, been involved in church, prioritized God, tried to do the right thing. So it just kind of frustrated me. And so I remember kind of feeling heavy and dark in that season of 2019. And then going into 2020, pandemic hit, which is like funnier, right? Right. Um, And so then like loneliness of just being in the house all the time, working from home. I'm an extrovert, so not really seeing a whole lot of people. And I think I just hit a breaking point of like, I need to understand like my purpose in this season, you know? And so I started journaling, which I never really did before. I bought two prayer journals, which uh, I recommend them. They're by Stephanie Mae Wilson. So I'll just throw a little plug out for her. She actually lives in Nashville. Um, but there are two prayer journals and I started going through them and just kind of processing my thoughts at the beginning of 2020. And then towards like, I say like maybe October is where I kind of ended those prayer journals. And I just reached that point of frustration and I've just been like, all right, God, I have to have a purpose and I'll be okay where I'm at. I just need to have a purpose in it. And I'm not kidding you. Like two days later, I'm sitting on my couch, working from home, just chilling here. And I feel like it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like you should write a book. And I'm like, I should write a book. Like I'm terrible at writing. I'm, I'm from the South. I have terrible grammar. Like (laughs) phonics is not for me. Like it's everything does not line up for me writing a book. And you, you talk to all my English teachers at Jackson, you'll be, you'll be surprised. Yeah. 
Um, and so <laughs> I kind of sat there and thought about it for a second. And I was like, you know what? I have a lot that I could say about this topic, considering I've been single my whole life. Um, I've read tons of dating books. I've read tons of single books. And what's frustrating about them all is that they kind of just dismiss every, everyone's feelings in a way. It's kind of just like, well, you know, singleness is a gift, like just enjoy this season. And uh, it's kind of dismissing like all the hard things and feelings that people actually go through. And it's written by people that are actually married uh, or way past the season and don't completely understand um, what it's like. Because dating 20 years ago is different than dating today um, and meeting people today. It's a little bit harder. And so I was like, okay. So I talked to a couple of people at my church, mentors, and they kind of encouraged me to do it. So I remember the day, it was October 26th of 2020. I sat down at my kitchen table on a blank Word document and was like, I have no idea how to start this. And somehow or another, I have written 236 pages and it is out. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> it came out January 28th of this year. So year and a half, I guess. Sister. <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, I, I, I love to journal. I love to go back and just see where God has been faithful in certain things. Cause you know, there is a, um, I have been divorced and single now for six years. Right. So I've dated, I'm not a professional dater. Like I don't date for sport. Right. I will go out. I'm, I'm very kind of selective and I'm like, yeah, I'll go out on a date, you know, we'll go to dinner or whatever. Um, but I had this guy, it was a year ago, February asked me, what do you want? Like in a relationship, what are you looking for? And I was like, I really don't know. Right. So as you know, and I don't even know if you know, but I, I started another career, not only my sales rep, but I'm also a commercial real estate agent now, right. Broker for, a, and I have went through something recently and I was walking the dogs and you know how you have those aha moments where God just like gives you these little tidbits of wisdom. Like, here you go. This is the reason. And I sat there and I was like, this is the reason why, like there just, mm -hmm. and it all just came and I've been very content. Right. Uh, but I'm, but I'm like you, I do. I mean, I don't, I can't wait to read the book. I'm not going to tell you that I've read the book because I have not, I'm going to read the book because it is a gift, but it's so, I, I hear women all the time, especially my age. Cause you know, we're in our forties now it, it dating is a lot. It looks a lot different, you know, trying to meet somebody and then mm -hmm. you're trying to date a guy or something. And it's almost like he's, He's waiting for the next best thing after you, right? And it's kind of like, okay, like, are you setting your foundation? And I finally told some girlfriends, I'm like, where are you meeting these guys at? Like, what does this look like for you? Like, are you meeting them at quality places? You yeah. know, like, are you meeting them at grocery stores? Or are you meeting them at the, at the bar? I mean, come I on. Have someone asked me out at Kroger before. That was interesting. I bet you that was. <laughs> <laughs> I was not in the, I was not even Kroger presentable at the, at the time. So I'm like, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please hand me the lettuce? But no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. But you know, I mean, there are a lot of positive things about being single, right? Mm -hmm. But I've also, but if, on my perspective, I've already been married, right? I was married for 11 years and I'm on the opposite side of it now. So I cannot wait to dive into this book. 
I mean, but a year and a half, that is no time whatsoever. If you're like, I'm going to sit down and write it, 227 pages, Rick, I'm going to send it to a publisher. They're going to fix it, you know, send it back. And then I'm going to go get it published. That's huge. Yeah. And on top of that, it was a year that I had to work many hours of overtime. My brother got married in 2021. Another one of my best friends got married. I had a friend who became pregnant. I had to play guitar in my cousin's wedding. Uh, top of that, since I was into weddings, I had, you know, showers I had to be a part of and trips and bachelorette trips to go on. So I was writing this all in secret while doing all of this stuff. Honestly, I feel like it was God. I feel like he has a sense of humor. Like he called me to write a book, you know, in like 2020. I was like, yes, let's do it. Not knowing that I was going to spend all of 2021 being like the very glaringly single and yeah. celebrating everyone else in my life while writing a book to encourage people in their singleness. So oh, so interesting. That is, but you know what? God does have a sense of humor. I mean, when he does, it's like, I mean, <laughs> sorry, sister. So uh, let's talk about this. This book came out um, not even six weeks ago, right? Yeah, it's kind of crazy, actually. Yeah. I know, but like the first two weeks, where were you at on Amazon? Where were you, sister? Oh, yeah. I, I guess I got number one on the like new release for like the Christian living and I guess our dating section. I can't remember what the actual title was. Dating in relationships, sister. Dating in relationships. I was yeah. like, listen, this girl's a rock star. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I'm probably at like 500 or lower now, but we'll see. <laughs> Sister, I mean, listen, that's huge, though. How many people can say at 26, they graduated, they work in the music industry, they're getting to celebrate seasons of life with everybody else as they're writing a single book, and then you were number one in, on Amazon as new releases. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, it is it is a big deal, and, like, it's one of those things that you can just only point to God, at God too, for that, because this is I'm not qualified to write a book by any means and or give dating advice I guess since never really did have a relationship but I don't know it was just interesting he called me to do it so I guess that you know he it's just interesting how he rewards people through surrender and obedience I guess yes so what was the biggest takeaway that you got through through this and I mean I know that obviously your relationship is very very important you know, to you with, with God. I mean, obviously he's your number one, but mm. I mean, what did you really, when you look back on it, what did he, that you would want to share, you know? Man, so much. <laughs> I think the biggest thing, if I could give any single person encouragement is just like to validate their feelings. You know, I think that's a big thing is to just not feel like there's all this pressure from the outside world and not to be falling into comparison and envy, but like to just live in the present moment. Right. And to just embrace this season, wherever, whatever that looks like. And I just made a post about this yesterday, I think, but um, yeah, just embrace the season because honestly I spent a lot of my singleness, not embracing it and trying to like fight it and to like make things work and put puzzle pieces together that just were not, you know, being not meant to be put together and so um I think that that would be the biggest takeaway because I feel like for a lot of people in my life maybe didn't completely validate my feelings and I don't know if you have felt this way or you know if you feel like that pressure 
even at like, you know, where you're at at a different stage of singleness to like get married or that you feel like you're living life wrong, not being married or, you know, marriage is the epitome of success. And like, they're just, those are just all not good things to tell people and to like push that on single people. We should be encouraging them and um, celebrating them even if it's a small accomplishment, like a job promotion, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of just like a big takeaway there. But I think the biggest thing that God maybe showed me was just being present and just embracing where I'm currently at and looking for ways to just live in my purpose, like here and now and stop trying to like live in the future, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, and, I and I'll tell you something. There are many times in my life where I do think I get to do things that married people don't get to do. Right. I get to serve people. I get to I get to um, I'm very intentional with my time and what I and who I serve and how I'm able to serve. Right. Mm-hmm. But you said a couple of different things a minute ago that I absolutely love. Community, obviously, is huge, especially when you are. And it doesn't matter if you're if you're married or single, because I know a lot of married people that are still lonely. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, it it, it can go either way. Um, but community, right? And then you have mentors. I love the fact that you were 26 and you're saying, I got mentors, really, because that's a big deal. I love multi-generational friends. I like having a girlfriend that's your age because we can talk about things and how it looks kind of different, different perspectives. I can talk to older women that have walked you know, certain ways in life and, you know, just their situations and have a different perspective and really just get some wisdom from them. Like, Hey, what did this look like when you tried to do this? Or, you know, I mean, I think that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's like, what better way to prepare for like the next season than to like one, have people and, you know, older than you praying into your life. Right. And then giving you advice on like, Hey, I've been here. Like, you want, I mean, you would be wise to take advice from people that are older than you. And if you're not taking advice from people that are older than you, then I would like, maybe you should question that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have one for sure, like a really good mentor that had helped me a lot through this book writing process. Um, she actually read my manuscript um, before I ever even sent it to an editor. And I'm just like, bless her heart, because I know that that was rough. Um <laughs> But I can't wait to hear her thoughts when she gets through like the whole full done, you know, when she reads all of that. But anyway, I do have like a lot of worship team ladies that I'm on the worship team with that are mothers from, you know, in their 30s or just even single that are, you know, on the worship team as well. But they're all they all pour in my life in, in different ways. And it's been it's been so good. What a blessing, sister, because that's what we're called to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I was I was talking to a, a doctor on Saturday. We were chit chatting up, and we were talking about. So um, um, this year, I decided to go with um, Tara Lee Cobble and do the you know the Bible the Bible study recap. Yes, girl. Yeah. Yes, and so you know, she and I were kind of talking, and I was like, she. She looked at me. She's like, I'm an Israelite. I was like, sister, I'm an Israelite. Right. So in the time period, they're still walking out in the wilderness and stuff for 40 years. And I'm like, my life is a cycle over and over and over again. And I'm like, it's over and over and over again. You know, we grumble about this. We grumble about that. I would grumble if I was dating somebody or if I was married. Right. And then and then I'm single. I mean, it's just the way the life is. Right. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like, I pull myself in like, all right. This is the season you're in and just be intentional. And like you said, be present in the moment. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but I love that about, about the community and you and, and women that are just pouring into you, because I think that that's what we're called to do. Yeah, for sure. I, and our, my church I go to here in Murfreesboro is, um, we're big on intergenerational, like just community in general. And so that's just been a heavy push. And so I, I definitely think it's it's very important. And I need to find people that are younger than me to pour into. And that was partly why I started, you know, doing TikTok videos or, you know, I even wrote this book because I know that my book would even encourage people in high school or in college. And so hopefully that could even be a way to pour into, you know, other people's lives as well. That's awesome. And, you know, I, and this is crazy, but I tell girlfriends all the time the other day, and, and I'm not saying, but we ever since my, my husband and I, we've always done this to our son. So when we go to a restaurant, my son pulled out my chair for me, right? My girlfriend about hit the floor and she's like, what is, and I said, look, if you want a good man, you got to raise a good man. That's the bottom line. Like mm-hmm. I got to show him chivalry. I, he, I've got to teach him chivalry, right? When he was five years old, he'd be opening up the church doors for the ladies so that they could walk in. <laughs> That's cute. It was, it was cute, but, but now I can see him and he's got this little girlfriend and she goes to church. I mean, they're great together, right? But I just see his heart and I'm like, and I pray and listen, when we all sit down to eat, I'm like, you're going to pray. I'm going to pray. Somebody's going to pray. But I pray for their hearts and their relationship because I need to make sure that, you know, I, 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 you know, I just make sure that they just don't go down the wrong path. Right. And if it's just their best friends, then that's great. But, and they choose to be something more, well, that's fine, but we're going to do it in a pure way as we go through this, you know, through this season of life. And I'm like, maybe that's another reason why I'm single because I just need to devote all my time to him and you know what that looks like. So. Yeah. And I looking back on it now, you know, as much as like all the frustration, disappointment, sadness, honestly, any emotion you probably could think I probably have felt. Um, I know that might sound a bit dramatic. Oh, you're just single, like whatever. You're only 26. But like, I don't know, like I, I do feel like I had even in the Southern culture, there's just so much push to, you know, get married. And a lot of my friends went to college. I feel like with the idea of finding your MRS degree and uh, getting married, like super young. So like, I felt really behind and in the South, like the average age for like, I think it's, don't quote me on this, but I think it's like 27 or 28 for women to get married. That's kind of the average age. And I'm like, well, I'm about to be 27. So like every year just seems to be, you know, cutting it close, but, um, I don't even know where I was going with this, but I think the biggest, what was I even going with this? No, we were talking about the culture and really about, because in the South, what they, what they teach us as little girls is you're going to grow up, you're going to get married, you're going to have a ton of kids, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The South, the Southern culture is definitely, I don't, I, I feel like that played a part in maybe some of the ways I felt, but, um, oh yeah, I was just going to say there, here it is, clicked. Um, no matter all the frustration, disappointment, and things like that that I went through, uh, looking back, like, I know that I'm 10 times closer to God now because of that time that, like, during 2020, I just sat there and, like, had a quiet time and, like, sat on my porch looking at the sunset under string lights, you know, just taking in that moment um, and really just reading God's word and spending time with him and listening to him, listening, because I'm not good at that. That's important. (laughs) Patience and listening are the two things that, like, I asked God for patience a long time ago and I I think he gave me patience and waiting for a husband one day and I was like I'm never asking for patience again <laughs> never doing it <laughs> so 
just be careful what you ask God for. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I just give it to you. Yeah, that's right. You know, he starts working, but he never tells you when uh, <laughs> when the package is going to be delivered, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sister. So let's talk, you know, quiet time is a big deal. I don't know about you, but like quiet time for me um, during COVID, uh, I was like, God, I just want to make sure. So, and I say this as Christians, we all know that you're either getting ready to go into a season, you're, you know, you're in that season or in that valley or you're getting, or you're coming out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. But you got to be prepared at all times. And I, I don't know about you. I don't do it. I, I don't spend quiet time with God because it's on my agenda. It's because I want to spend time with God. Like I want to get to know God more and more. And there's things mm -hmm. all the time that I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, like you ask for wisdom and then he just sprinkles a little here and there and everywhere, you know, when you're able to handle it. Yeah. And I think what's really cool what you just said, asking for wisdom. One of uh, my pastor here, he said one time, if you like look in the Bible, the one thing that, um, God promises to give you if you ask for it is wisdom. That's right. That's right. And I, I you know, I, um, I, this morning is, I was talking to Lucas on the way to school about just my quiet time this morning, what it looked like. And just, he's like, mom, every time you talk to me, do you always have to give me a life lesson. I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> Could I be your mom if I didn't? That's exactly right, sister. Exactly right. I'm telling you, it's just one of those crazy things. But I'm like, I, I just get joyful, you know, because I, I'm like you. If I was not, if I was in a relationship or I was that time that I would devote to that person, I probably would, I would not focus on God nearly as much. I mean, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm being realistic. I'm not going to lie and sugarcoat anything. Yeah, no, I mean, your attention is definitely like more divided or more. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's harder for sure. It really is. And so and, and it was just it, it's just been kind of amazing to see what. Gosh, girl, I am just tickled to death to see where God has placed you. I mean, really, you're 26 years old. You've got a book you're talking about. You're you know, because it's almost like a stigma in the South. Let's just be realistic in the South. Right. So, and I said it earlier, it's a generational thing where, Oh, women are supposed to get married when they're young. They're supposed to live this lifestyle. And, you know, I'm a, I, and I want to consider myself a boss babe because I really do. Right. And so I broke into this industry where it's male dominated, right. That's sing, And I'm single on top of it. Yeah. And people are looking at me like, what? She's got three heads literally. And it's just been kind of crazy, but I'm like, I'm getting to do something that I enjoy and it's going to take, and I pray and I listen every day I pray. I'm like, God, if I'm supposed to be with somebody, prepare me for that and what that looks like. And, um, just prepare that, you know, that man in his heart so that we glorify you and whatever our relationship would be. But I will, I mean, there are moments in my life because I'm not going to sit over here and say, Oh, I'm just happy to go lucky all the time. There are moments, like you said, I could go to an event and then I get in my truck and I'm driving home and I mean just tears just coming down my face disappointed because you know you didn't get a drink bought for you that you know from across the room or you know didn't get to dance with someone at a wedding or whatever the situation is it's like one more event that's leaving me still single yes yes you know or I get invited to events all the time and I'm like are you sure you want to invite me because it's an odd number I don't want to mess up the number on the table but here's what I have to say about that Who's to say you can't just bring a good, like, girlfriend with you? Like, why do you have to have, like, a relationship or significant other, you know? 
No, you're exactly right. And that's funny you said that because I got another girlfriend that I do that. But listen, oddly enough, she got on this dating website during COVID. Now she married a pastor. And I'm uh -huh. like, so that. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Caitlin. You were my plus one always, but no, no longer, no longer. So I just yeah. kind of laugh. But, you know, it is what it is. And I just embrace it. It's not mm -hmm. going to change who I am. And I'm still confident when I go to that event. Yeah, I think for me, like I found myself going to those events and a lot of my friends feel the same way. Like we go there intending to enjoy ourselves. We're not going there trying to like constantly be seeking out a spouse or, a, you know, whoever. Right. But for something, some reason, like one of those just smack in the face moments hit you and you're just like, yeah, I kind of feel lonely right now. Or, you know, like you have a slow song come on. You're like, well, I guess I'm just going to go raid the food table and hope yeah. the Cupid Shuffle is next. Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> that's exactly right and I mean people that are listening to this they have to be able to identify with it at some point in time right because even if they are married their husband could be at the other side at the bar right and they're just sitting at the and they're sitting at the table and they're like okay you know yeah it's yeah. just kind of crazy it is kind of crazy but let's talk about your quiet time so like I mean how do you do because I did watch the TikTok and I got tickled because you were like talking about when you're like trying to talk to God and then you get distracted because tell you something sister I am like a I am oh I've got such ADHD and I'm like God and then I finally have to tell him God you know how I am you created me like this no look the other day I was you're, this is this is gonna be a lot but the other day I was talking to my roommate and she just literally laughed at me because I was reading the Bible you know and then like later on that night I was talking to her and I was like I feel like my mind goes in so many different ways when I read the Bible and I'm like reading Genesis and reading about Adam being like created and all that. And a normal person would probably read that. But me, I'm like, I wonder if Adam had a belly button, <laughs> you know? And then I'm like, also who's going to have to birth the antichrist. And so then my mind is like in so many different ways. I'm like, should I be thinking about this? So apparently when I get to heaven, I'm not going to ask about why snakes are created. I'm going to be like, was Adam, did you have a belly button? You know, like that, my mind goes in some weird ways. So, <laughs> but normally when I do quiet time, I, um, I typically do it before bed because I'm not a morning person. And so I, I'll do it at night. Um, I just like to read straight through the, not like straight through as in start from Genesis, go to Revelation. Right now I'm doing like a New Testament one, but I'll just read a chapter at a time. I love expository teaching, expository mm -hmm. learning. I think that helps you not miss the hard topics and not take anything out of context. So that's kind of typically the route I go. That's how my pastor at church does his sermons. We just pick a book and we just go through it chapter by chapter, line by line. Uh, and that gives you time to just dive into like some of the, you know, context there, who wrote it, who was this written for, asking those kind of typical questions. Um, so yeah, that's kind of typically how I go through it, going through Romans right now. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Well, I will tell you, my mind was going 90 to nothing because we're in numbers right now. So it is like repetitive. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, and what am I supposed to learn? So the other day I got the Bible recap book. Now I listened to it on audio too. Mm -hmm. but I got the book and I'm like, and I'm, and, and I like what you're talking about. So like, who wrote it, the history? What is it trying to explain? And I do like what she brings in and she's talking about, you know, the, like the God shot and stuff. And I, do I agree with some of the God shots? Yeah, but sometimes it might be a little bit more different. Like I still like, 
it was talking about uh, God taking Moses up on the mountain so that he could look over the promised land, right? But mm-hmm. I thought how gracious God still is that he would show Moses, even though he didn't get to go into the promised land, he got to see it. And I'm like, yes, because I'm a sinner, such a sinner. And he's, I'm so not deserving, but he still blesses me, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, what a gracious God that is. And But I do like, it. it this is just a little different for me because normally, I'll read like a devotion or I might be in a book, you know, when we're in uh, Sunday school or community groups, but like this, like I'm all in this year, like, okay, I'm going to read it chronologically and we're going to see what it looks like and what I can learn. And it's wow. It's amazing sister. Yeah. I, I always, I know everyone starts the new year, like off every year wanting to like, I, you know, read the Bible in the year and like you're, you're on day three and you're already falling short. And I know this year is, I've been trying my best to stick with it too. And like be more on top of it. Uh, my church always does a 40 day fast at the beginning of the year. So we've already done that, but um, that's always a really good time to just like help get that, make that a habit and, you know, make that a priority. So, Cause like, I think 21 days is what it's considered. If you do something 21 days, then it becomes like a habit. Yeah. So that's awesome. You did a, a 40 day fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Well, I mean, it's not like fast and food, like every day. Right. It's, um, I think I have, well, I thought I had it right here, but, um, Basically, we do 40 days of no secular media. Some people do 40 days of no secular media and no um, social media. It just kind of depends on what you define secular media. So I'm watching like the Chosen series, which I highly recommend. And then um, just anything that's like Christian content, not watching anything else for 40 days. And um, so the first week you give up meats and sweets for the first like 10 days, I mean. And so the next 10 days you can have meats and sweets again, but uh, you take away a meal or maybe you just eat one meal. I can't remember what it was. And then you go back and do the whole no meats and sweets for the next 10 days and the whole one meal thing again for the last 10 days. So, but the whole 40 days though is the no secular media. So it's a bit challenging. It's kind of, it's a kind of a lot, but you can, you know, do your own take on it. We just, our church puts together a devotional every year for it. Uh, have people like on the leadership team. We actually are a non-denominational church. We partnered with the Church of Christ Church and both leadership teams put a devotional together. So we kind of fasted together, which is really cool. That is cool. That is way cool. I, I love that. I love that. Um, I was raised Church of Christ, so that's kind of funny right there. I'll just be honest with you. We actually had a prayer night before the fast and we had the Church of Christ uh, praise team come over and lead us in worship. And one of the worship leaders on our team was like, do Church of Christ people always sound this good? And I'm like, yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. We They didn't play any music instruments, did they? No, well, no, but we ended with uh, with me, like, or not me, but like our worship team playing a song with like just an acoustic guitar. Oh, that's um, awesome. That is so. That is cool. I, I do. I do miss the acapella sometimes just because it's just I feel like that. it. I know I sound like a dead cow when I sing. I'm just being honest with you. But <laughs> no joke. But I love to sing. Right. If I you drive by and you're looking at me in my truck, I am jamming. I promise you I'm jamming. But there's just something about just uh, now I love music, too, but I love musical instruments. Right. So mm-hmm. but the fact about um, just singing acapella, there's just something sometimes it's just so beautiful about it that it's just breath- breathtaking, you know? Yeah, because what we do, you know, live band, obviously, with uh, like 10 people on stage for our, our normal services, but there's times that we break it down and we'll just do like acoustic sets or um, we'll 
break out and just like have only us sing for a little bit at the end of the song, you know, or something. And those are always really cool moments. That's awesome. That is awesome. I know that um, we went to First Baptist for years and then we hooked up every, well, twice a year, we hook up with First Historical um, Baptist uh, Church. And it is an, um, it's a primarily a black church. And listen, there's something about it. And I mean, Lucas looked at me one day and he goes, this is what heaven's going to look like. I was like, yes, it is, brother. Yes, it is. It is awesome because I love the way that this church and this group just, they don't care. They are just praising God at the top Mm -hmm. of their lungs. And they are just, whereas sometimes I'll say in the Baptist church, and I'll say this because I'm Baptist now, but they're very conservative, right? Like they don't want to live Yes, right. they're so like, oh, oh, and I'm like, you really think that's what we're going to look like when we get to heaven? <laughs> I know, I know. I, I mean, I grew up in a pretty traditional church in Jackson, too, and, like, everyone just sang hymns, just, and it, yeah, I just feel like I am super happy that I'm a part of a community that seems like it's big on authentic community, authentic, you know, worship, and authentic community service, and um, I, I truly feel like I'm a part of a community that's never been more authentic. That's awesome, sister. And in Nashville, and I say that because you really could get, you know, you really could get, um, Nashville is known to be a party town, right? So, Uh, oh yeah, all those blue girls and party buses and. Yes, it is the number one, my son told me this the other day, it's the number one city for bachelor and bachelorette parties, right? Yeah, and it's honestly, it's so sad because I get so frustrated leaving work, trying to get on the interstate, and you have all the bachelorette parties on those, like, pedal taverns, and I'm like, give me patience. (laughs) Yes. Do not throw your drink at me. I'm telling you, sister, those people are crazy, and I'm like, this is why the cost of everything on second on second is ridiculous. Ridiculous, and you people will pay it, but that's fine, whatever, to each his own, right? Yeah, that's definitely not my scene, but yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. The music scene for sure. But I, I mean, you know, that's the cool thing about Nashville. There's so many cool things to do in Nashville outside of going down, you know, to Broadway and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And if you talk to many of the local Nashville people, they don't really typically hang out on Broadway. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. They don't. But you know, the Parthenon, I mean, there's just some cool stuff. My brother lives in Nashville and you know, uh, there's so many great things. And, and I will tell you then I love, I love this because I feel the same way you do. I just feel a little bit differently. I don't feel that much love for Tennessee, the university that is, you know, I love the TikTok that says <laughs> you got your Tennessee jersey on and you're like I if my husband did not get excited I'm like girl preach it it just if you just put a Georgia jersey on it'd be like preach it sister oh man yeah I know I'm like I have to get back on TikTok it's been a minute I just like I've had to take a mental break it was pretty like a lot of heavy marketing you know to post up until this book release and I have had a couple of people say you released your book and then you just like went off the face of the earth and I'm like I mentally had to because it's just been a lot to process, I guess. Um, so I think I'm, I'm going to hopefully start getting back on and posting some more content, but I'm just trying to figure out my direction of like where I'm going to go now. Um, do I still make fun of singleness? Like, do I, you know, make fun of the dating scene still? Do I, I try to, I want to be encouraging too, but like, I, I like to be funny too. So I'm just yeah. trying to find that balance and like what my next direction is here.
I'm grateful for all of my sponsors. I'm grateful for the Woman's Clinic serving one woman at a time. I know that John Ewing as an admin and the staff, the, the nurses and the doctors at the Woman's Clinic truly do serve women, serving one woman at a time. And they do so much for the community that we probably do not know that they do. It is amazing. You know, I had a girlfriend the other day that just actually got her uterus taken out and Dr. Gupta did it. And we had a podcast with Dr. Gupta. And the doctor called her and just to tell her and talk her through some things. And I thought, man, how many people can say, well, my doctor called me today and was kind of talking to me about this and that. And she did the best for me. And and I'm just truly grateful. The Woman's Clinic really does believe in serving one woman at a time. And I'm grateful for them in the community and how they serve our community well. And, you know, I just really do hope that you, if you were trying to find an OB or if you're trying to find a primary care physician, that you would reach out to the Woman's Clinic. It's 422-4642. That's 422-4642. Serving one woman at a time. Now, let's talk about my friend Grover King at King Jewelers. He's a rock star, but this man will do anything he can to make sure that you have a customized piece according to what you want. I'm telling you, I look at my ring every day and I think about him fixing my mother's ring. So, I took in one of my mother's most beloved pieces and I loved it. And uh, he soldered it and fixed it and made it gorgeous. And I've seen some of the most beautiful pieces ever that Grover's worked on. And I'm telling you, I, if you have maybe a loose diamond or you need your diamonds inspected and appraised or you need your stuff cleaned, I'm telling you, you need to see Grover. You need to see the ladies at King Jewelers. They are phenomenal. I'm telling you, they are very welcoming and warming when you walk in the door. You will know immediately that they will take care of you. King Jewelers really does. I know that Mother's Day is right around the corner, Father's Day is right around the corner, but just go in there to just check out to see what they have. They always have different price points. They can fix watches. They can create a custom piece for you. Grover does phenomenal work. You've got these beautiful, timeless pieces, and you've got a, a craftsman that has been doing this for so long that it knows exactly how to do it and how to fix it and make sure that it's right. And I'm telling you, you need to go by and see Kylie and Sam and all of them at King Jewelers. They will take care of you like no other. And I'm so grateful that they truly have supported me and supported the women from the beginning of this podcast. If you need any jewelry pieces fixed, repaired, inspected, cleaned, anything. You've got to go see my peeps at King Jewelers. They're located at 16 Conrad Drive in Jackson, and that's off of North Parkway. Or you can call them at 664-8188. That's 664-8188. King Jewelers is where it's at. Then my last sponsor, whom I love tremendously, great, great guy, and that would be Dr. Nathan Nash at Southern Family Dentistry. I'm telling you, I've had some situations go on with my teeth, which I normally did not, but I do. And so I'm sitting there thinking, man, life looks good. This is what this looks like. And Nathan Nash has done a phenomenal job. I'm super excited about my smile. He's taking care of me, walked me through so much. He can do so many different things. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for all the things that he's provided as far as just getting me in to see him, to help him through everything that I've, I've walked through. You know, normally women, we all kind of just ignore 
ourselves and we always take care of other people well it is what it is but sometimes we need to take care of ourselves and I feel like hygiene obviously with her mouth because your smile and how you smile lets the world know hey I got this it's a first impression situation right so if you have any situations at all with your teeth you're you're anxious about maybe a cavity or a root canal i've got to tell you you've got to go see nathan nash because he will take care of you he will make sure that you are a-okay call nathan nash at 345-45 that's 345-45 he is in jackson and he has also got a location in Milan, and he will take care of you Let's talk about social media. Social media, I mean, it can wear somebody out. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I used to I used to be like, why do people need someone else to do their own marketing? Because I would do social media for people. And I'm like, just, you know, I feel like people could just do that themselves. And then as I'm over here trying to promote myself on working a job and writing a book, I'm like, I 100% agree. And I, it's, it's so draining. It's so draining. Um, just doing it, but then also being on social media can be mentally draining, whether or not you're promoting something or you're just using it as social media for yourself. Right. I mean, it is. I'm going to tell you something. Oh, if you could see my vision board. So I have a vision board that's broken into four areas. And I, I mean, I'm literally looking at it and I'd be embarrassed to show it to you. I've taken two things off that I've accomplished, but um, I, underneath one, it says hire someone for social media. I mean, and people are like, why? You're marketing. Are you kidding me? I mean, you know, I would just like to get on there personally just to look, just to catch up, see what my friends are doing in other states or, you know, this, that, and the other. But you like promoting the woman to woman podcast or promoting a, a client of mine or something. It can get draining. There's so many different platforms and ways you have to format things for different platforms and Yes. The ways that you have to approach things like I make a video for TikTok, but it might not go well on Instagram. So like I kind of have to, you know, you have to just think about things like that, um, which I'm glad for my marketing degree and for my experience in that. But it has been a, a kind of a brutal process. It is. I, you know, it's so funny. I, I do like TikTok. Have I made one? No, my son and them <laughs> all the time. But I'm like, I just not that I wouldn't. But I'm going to tell you something. I. I catch myself if I like get on TikTok and I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to look for something specific. Right. And then I do before I know it, I've spent an hour. I wasted an hour of my time on TikTok. And I'm like, what did I just learn? I didn't learn anything. That's because they know the algorithm. They're all about it. They're like, I'm going to start feeding you like everything that you like um, yes. to keep you on this app. So yes. and part of me, like knowing that kind of makes me mad when I like get caught up in that myself. Yeah. I'm like, I know this is how you work. <laughs> Yes, it's exactly right. It's just like with Instagram and, you know, it, it's funny because um, so it, it, in sports, Twitter is where it's at, right? You got all these coaches like looking at these kids and all these things and they use Twitter all the time. Well, I only use that for Lucas's sports, right? And then mm -hmm. got TikTok. I'm not even doing the TikTok. Like I kind of laugh. I'm like, you go women. I'm men, all you. I mean, because I do get on there and I do laugh a lot from TikTok because they're I cannot believe people are posting some of this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot on TikTok. It is a lot. I'm and like, it's kind of oh. scary for a parent who has like younger kids, you know, because there's no way really, I don't think to have like a parental control over that. So it kind of is terrifying if you think of it in that sense. It is. It really is because I'm all in Lucas's 
a social media. I mean, I am in all of his accounts because I'm like, look, who else is going to watch after him? I have to watch him, right? I have to make sure yeah. we're all on the same page here. We're all on the same page. It's my job. So I'm like, yeah, nope. It's here, you know, but um, so now do you, you linked everything under Linktree, right? Yes. I just had that link in the bio of my uh, Instagram and TikTok page. So that kind of has links to everything. And then because I love music, I was like, I'm showing, I'm going to like add some of my playlists to my Linktree too. So uh, if anyone who needs like some updated worship music or Christian, you know, more popular pop hits, I guess, for Christian, like Caleb type stuff, you know, I have that linked. So I thought I'd share that too because I love music. Yeah, me too, sister. Me too. How many instruments do you play? Oh gosh, um, I I would say that like my main instrument is just guitar, honestly. Okay. Um, which I know that people aren't going to be able to see it, but I have a whole wall of like my guitar. I love it sitting behind me here, but um, I have a drum set that I'm learning at the moment, and yeah, sister. I have a keyboard. I used to take piano when I was started in the second grade. It, me and mom clashed with that. My mom took piano for like eight years. And so it just wasn't, it wasn't good. I was much more of a tomboy. I wanted to be outside playing sports. So yeah. I took piano, but I don't necessarily think I learned as much as I should have. Um, and I think my fun instrument that I have is a dulcimer. A dulcimer? What's that? It is like this lap guitar that you you have. I don't know how to explain it. You put it in your lap and you play it like this. It's very more like folk music. A lot okay. of people use it in that sense. I can play like one song on it. It's all fly away. But oh girl, listen to. Oh, sister, that is oh my gosh. That's on like 172. I'm not joking you. I can tell you I love that song. That is so funny. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that I could play it now. I, it might take me a second to learn it again. But mom kind of gave it to me as a joke for Christmas. She's like, if you don't actually want to play it, you can just hang it on the wall. And then I come down like an hour later and like, hey, I can play all fly away. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> mom, oh, I wish I could have seen the look on her face. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So through this season of you writing this book, you published it. Now, are you going to go on a book tour? Are you doing any book signings or anything? Uh, I did a book signing actually in Jackson not too long ago at um, the church I go to. They kind of threw a book signing for me. Um, Mom posted a picture. Oh, I posted a picture of it too on Instagram, but I can't remember what day it was. It was literally just a few weeks ago. Um, I had a good amount of people like interested in buying it, but it was my home church. So everyone's trying to support me. Yeah, that's awesome. That look, that that's huge. I mean, really. And then I just got it kind of approved by the Christian Publishers Outlet here in town, the owner of the one in Murfreesboro, um, which is the first one that they can do like a consignment deal and have me get my book in there. So I'm probably going to try to do that and then hopefully do the same thing for the one in Jackson soon. Yes, girl. I love that store. I go there and then I go to Aldi's. I love that. That is awesome. I'll just have to reach out to, um, I think his name is Andy, the Uh one who owns it maybe, but I'll have to reach out to him. But hopefully if I have my one in Murfreesboro, he'll, he'll, it'll be okay for the one in Jackson, but we'll see. That's awesome, sister. Congratulations. How cool is that? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So you think you ever write another book? I don't know. It's a brutal process. Like, I don't, I don't know if you have like thought about writing a book before. No. (laughs) 
have gone through that process, I did not know what that was going to look like. I figured it would be like brutal and probably hurt my feelings because of all the red markings coming back. That actually didn't bother me. It was like, it was just long hours. And I think, um, I don't think I even said this, but you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, like, you know, Satan just always messing things up when you're trying to do stuff to glorify God, right? Well, right before, I think it was 10 days before my first manuscript draft was like due, like about the first time I was ever sending it to my editor, my USB drive that had my whole entire book on it broke. Oh. I'm in Jackson and um, my parents don't know about this book and I'm not a very emotional person. Like I don't cry. And so like I'm on the, I'm in the living room, like in the recliner about to have like a mental breakdown because my USB is not working. And if I cried, well, that would mean something's off with me. And I would have to explain to them why I was crying because I never cry. So I was like holding it together. I've got to get back to Nashville so I can like fix this. Uh, I think I was up to three o'clock in the morning and then had to get up the next day and like work a whole day. I actually, you know, at my job, but um, <laughs> it was, um, it was brutal. I luckily sent this girl at my church, the PDF form of it. So I had to literally copy the whole PDF form of it, which lost some of my updates that I already made to the Word document paste it in a whole new word document which lost all the formatting had to go reformat everything again remove all the page numbers that were just randomly put all in there so i'm like control find one two three all the way to the end of that um so it took me like two days just to reformat the whole thing um it was very stressful i don't think i've ever been more stressed in my entire life (laughs) wow sister yeah and it's interesting i feel like going up to every single deadline that I had I feel like something weird happened I don't know if it was like something was like just discouraging that was said to me or you know just you know your USB breaking or something like that I've yet to be able to get back into that USB drive so that's crazy but you know I and I I I have to remind myself all the time I'm like Heather if this was easy everybody would do it and if I wasn't on the right path, I would not have all these obstacles being thrown at me at this time. Yeah. And I mean, and I've definitely, the decision, like when I made to write this book, it would probably be the first time I can honestly say that I felt like this peace and joy and excitement. And I just like, I knew that that piece meant something. I knew that like I made the right decision and I hadn't questioned it ever since. Um and so I knew that it was the right decision, but it, it was definitely brutal. It was a lot of hours spent, um, you know, financially, you know, that cost money too. So that was just like different, I guess. Like I'm a penny pincher. So it was like a hard to let go of that money to like pay for this book that I don't know that I'll ever recoup the money for. Right. Um, but I got to a point that I was like, it's okay if I don't, because I mean, I would like to, but it's okay if I don't, because at least I'm hopefully going to be encouraging some people. Um, so would I write another book? Maybe. I mean, I don't know what it would be called. I don't know if it's going to be like a series where it'll be like, you know, is being married a gift? Like, I don't know. But Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, through this process, now let, let's talk about this boy. Uh, I mean, I hate to, let's just break it on out now because I think this is awesome. Listen, I think that this is awesome that God is, because if you were dating somebody, we'd, you'd really written this book. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you know, one day you're going to be able to look back and be like, look at God's hand through all of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a very new thing. So this isn't like 
I mean, my parents just found out about it. I think I oh, like. My dog, Ginger. Uh, <laughs> I know. It was like, oh, I think about about a month before they knew about it. Um, but I, I think the timing of it was really interesting. Like, I guess that's like kind of, I, I wouldn't say coincidence at all. I kind of feel like it is a God thing. Um, but, you know, we're just trying to figure things out and see where it goes. But we're super happy right now. And, you know, we're super excited. But we met the day after my book released. Wow. Really? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, which I feel like he'll probably like laugh at me because I think he wants to listen to this podcast, but um, <laughs> he did slide into my DMs. But what was interesting? Wait, 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 wait. He did slide into your DMs? Yeah, which I have gotten some, ex- I have gotten some extremely weird DMs. Oh, like, good. I'm not kidding you from TikTok. I've gotten weird stuff. Someone asked me to buy my sweater off of me. Listen, that, listen, I, I just, uh, there's that website that I don't know that those people get on and they pay people to do stupid stuff. You know what I'm talking about? I, I mean, I just learned about that. I'm like, what world do I live in? Am I that naive? And I guess I am, you know, but I have guys that slide in my DMs and I'm like, did I accept you as a friend? And then I have to block, block. I learned that from a girlfriend. She said, Heather, you just got to block them and I unfriend block. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Not happening. So I just don't entertain that anymore. So honestly, he was a little bit lucky that I responded. But um, no, throughout the whole book writing process, I think what was like really interesting to me is like, you know, I felt God's peace when I was writing this book. And I also kind of felt there was like a peace in feeling that I was going to meet someone through the book writing process. Uh, whether that was because I'm going to be on a podcast and the host knew someone and they're going to set me up or whatever that situation was going to be, you know, it wasn't going to happen or it probably wouldn't have happened if I didn't write this book, you know. And so I kind of always had that. I didn't know when, where, why, how, what that was going to look like down the road, but I, I did feel that, you know. And so um, what was interesting is how we met or how he even heard about me was because of a small group that he was in. We like one of my friends from college was in the small group. He shared my book to that small group. And um, he was like, you know, <laughs> here's the book that my friend wrote from college. Uh, check, y'all can check it out. So he thought it was pretty interesting and uh, decided to like reach out. We have like no other mutual friends. I don't as, as of today, like I don't know of any other mutual friends that we have and that he hasn't like heard of me or been following me through this whole process. That's like the only way he, you know, knew me was through that. So I kind of thought that was interesting. Just, you know, I don't know. I thought it was worth a, worth a shot to respond and see like what guy could do or what, what doors could be open through that process. Girl, that's awesome. I mean, look, I mean, does he love God? I mean, obviously, well, first off, he's got to love God because he's in a small group, but <laughs> have, have y'all talked about these TikToks? Have you talked about the Instagram? Like, has he gotten on there and, you know, looked at them? Has he I he mean, doesn't use social media like a whole lot. He definitely doesn't have TikTok, uh, doesn't have Facebook. So, um, I mean, we've talked about it. I think I've shown him some of my TikTok videos, but um, yeah, he knows that I'm probably going to be having to promote stuff about singleness and dating while kind of in a, you know, while dating him, not kind of like we're, you know, we're definitely in a relationship, but I don't know. It's just interesting. Um, I did tell him about the whole, like how I, you know, what, how I felt through the whole book writing process too. So. 
That's awesome. So now does he live in Nashville? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Does he love music? He actually does. He plays keyboard. Oh, girl, y'all gonna have yourself a little band. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Oh, my gosh. So what about your parents? Have your parents asked to meet him or like, is that not going to happen for a while? What does this look like? Yeah, they have. They're, that was their like first question. Like, when was I going to meet him? But um, I don't know when that'll be just because like, it's easier to meet his family because they're in Nashville than it is to like, you know, for me to bring him home to Jackson. Um, he, <laughs> he brought up today about the whole like, you know, safari park. And I was like, let's go to it. Cause like I've lived in Jackson my whole life and never have been to the Alamo safari park. So I was like, we have to like make a trip. So maybe we'll do that at some point and, um, then we'll be able to like, you know, meet the family or something, but it is very new. Like, you know, we, I guess we started talking, uh, on, I guess, January 29th, because that was the day after my book release. And it is March 7th. So it is fairly new, but it's going oh, good so far. That's good. I mean, that's awesome. Now, you know, the Safari Park now is doing movies at night, like on the weekends. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Girl, the drive-in. I haven't, I, you know, listen, this is horrible. I've lived in Jackson 17 years and I've still not been there. <laughs> I mean, my I'm like, oh my it. gosh, here I am promoting um, them and everything but he during COVID which I thought was fantastic he built a drive-in movie theater and I thought that's perfect right I mean yeah. you can see the animals then you can go watch a movie I mean and he's got a like major box office hit so it's been pretty cool yeah no that's that is really cool because like I think the closest drive-in maybe to where I'm at right now is like maybe 45 50 minutes away they do have, they, I mean, they have a good amount of drive-ins around this area, but it's obviously not going to be in Nashville. Right. Um, but Alamo is not that far. No, not at all. And you know, your mom, everybody's going to be super excited when they, when uh, y'all come home, if he needs to get his car fixed, I bet you that they might hook him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be, you know, that'll be a fun trip for sure. I'm sure that there'll be having time to prepare all the baby pictures to whip out and embarrassing stories. I'm like trying to already pre-plan the embarrassing stories and just go ahead and tell them. So it takes the fun out of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, as I think of it, let me just like tell you some embarrassing stories. So it, you know, it's better when they tell you, cause you already heard it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so funny because um, we're actually myself and a coworker are going to go see your mom on Wednesday. We're both dropping our vehicles off and I cannot wait to talk and be like, listen, tell me about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she definitely hasn't met him and they can't stalk him on Facebook because he doesn't have a Facebook. So I love it. Now, does he love sports? Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, he does. He's a Tennessee Vols fan. Okay. Um, <laughs> Predators going, back fan? To, going back to that TikTok video. Yeah. Is he a Predators fan? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know that he like I guess he's a Preds fan. We're going to go to a Preds game next week, actually. But um, he's a Braves fan. Cheers. Yes, go. I don't even know this boy's name. I'm a diehard Atlanta fan, too. Braves. I went to the World Series back in I'm a Cardinals time. fan. So. Oh, girl. I love it. I love it. I love <laughs> it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's awesome. So he's a Tennessee fan. Well, that's even better, though. I mean, you know, you're a Tennessee fan. He's a Tennessee fan. I was like, Tennessee football. I'm, I care about that one. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, look, look, Rocky Top. I mean, you know, I told Lucas, he's, he asked me one day, he said, if I play for Tennessee, will you become a Tennessee fan? And I was like, I'll give up Georgia. Now that we won a national championship, I'll give it up. I waited my entire life for this year. <laughs> I know. I know. They, probably bragging, bragging, all the Braves fans out there, too, though. I know. I know. Georgia just brought it this year. I'll just say the entire state of Georgia just brought it this year. <laughs> Yep, they did. I mean, I was rooting for the Braves in the, you know, in that situation, but definitely rooting for the Cardinals if they're playing the Braves. Ah, uh, yeah, I understand. Well, you know, baseball season this year has just been ugh, sister. Yeah. yeah, I just, I, I'm going to tell you something. The same thing happened in the 90s. And uh, I quit watching for several years because I was like, this is kind of crazy, you know, and it was just the sport like changed a lot. So I don't know. Let's just, with the way that the world is right now, which is kind of a crazy place. And so, I, you know, it is what it is right now. Yeah. You know, we got to enjoy the small things in life, like social media. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you're trying to enjoy social media. But like if you're, you know, as a single person, they know that I'm 26 and I'm marrying, marrying age. I get like wedding venue ads. I get engagement ring ads. Like, like I'm trying to like enjoy it. But I'm like getting thrown stuff that I don't necessarily want to see. <laughs> Listen, they're going to sort of that. Now, can I say this? All the algorithms are going to go after this assisting living facilities to me. They're going to start serving those to me all day long. I'm like, it's not time for me to go there just yet. Not I yet. have a friend in her 30s that she says she's getting egg donor <laughs> from like sponsored ads. And I'm like, I think she said, I, you know, I kind of prefer to use my eggs first. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness that's crazy oh my gosh Miley you're a rock star sister well thank you thank well, you you are too over here well, doing podcasts and trying to empower women girl listen I'm just listen I'm just a conduit for what God wants you know you were talking about um have you ever thought about writing a book so it's funny how God has a funny sense of humor so uh, it was uh the podcast, I've been doing it for two years, but three years ago, I have these sticky notes. So I have, I'm going to, well, I'm just going to show it to you because it's kind of funny. I got sticky notes all over the place, right? So, and they're just like that. And it's like bucket list. Normally, now I've converted it into all my phone and it's all specific, but mm-hmm. like I'm, I, I'm like, I wrote some stuff down and I was like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to start my own blog. And then he kind of, and, and it's funny because I put change your seat. And, and then change perspective, right? And I just wrote that down one day. And then I look back and I found this sheet of paper and um, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, God, I wanted a blog. You gave me a podcast. You know that I cannot write at all, but I'd love to talk, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, and then the motto is change your seat, change your perspective throughout all seasons of life which I feel like kind of goes back with wisdom, either through um, God giving you wisdom or through learning wisdom through choices and situations, you know, Mm -hmm. and really changing people's perspective. And that's why I love just getting on here and being able to talk about your story and every, every woman's journey, because it's so different. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would hundred percent agree with that. I think changing perspective was is the key to embracing the season that you're in, right? Yes. Um, I think like just to give a practical example with like how that I have applied that in my life uh, would be for, I think for the long time, I would envision or I would see other people in my life get a blessing and I would be like, 
them getting a blessing means a blessing is being taken away from me. And that's kind of like how I would think about that. But in reality, it's like God has many blessings and, you know, them being blessed is, you know, God's faithfulness being shown and, you know, an answered prayer, you know, happening and things like that and God working. And so I think that you have to take, I took that comparison that I had there and turned it into celebration. And so instead of like comparing everyone in my life of like, oh, they're far farther along in like their relationship than me or they're married or like, you know, they're more successful or, you know, whatever. I turned that into like celebration of being like, you know, thanking God for blessing their prayers, answering their prayers or, you know, anything like that. Or let's see. Um, I can't remember what else. I think, I, I think one of the practical ways is before a wedding now for one of my friends, instead of, you know, feeling that jealousy come up or whatever, I can just say, I'm going to pray for, for them because, you know, Jesus prayed for, for people. And if we want to model and live a life like Jesus, like that would be a great way to do that. And what a better way to serve and bless your friends than to just pray over their future marriage. Amen, sister. Amen. So just shifting perspective and like thanks, thankfulness and gratitude, because I think that when you live in thankfulness and gratitude, then, um, you have a really hard time of, just kind of being down and frustrated and disappointed and wallowing in your sadness. <laughs> no, it, it, it is true because I know that I, I learned this years ago from one of my girl, one of my good friends, Blair. She said, Heather, I just started having to write a, um, she was in a really, really tough spot in her life. She's like, I just start in the morning. I'd write down three things I was grateful for. Right. And then at nighttime, she'd write down three more things. She's like, and it could have been just the smallest little thing at one time. Thank you for the sun. Thank you. Until she truly got into that, you know, and, and I, and I feel the same thing because I feel like if you are full of gratitude, it's so hard to grumble about other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think that was one of the things I had to like practice too was I didn't do it like every night, but I did have that time where I was like, I need to write down some things that I'm thankful for because it helps helps shift the perspective and really like see what God has done and like look at his track record, you know? That's right. You'll realize you're 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 far from deprived. <laughs> That's exactly right. That is the thing because sometimes I feel like we can become entitled and we feel like we're entitled to this or that, you know, like what you said. Um, I have to remind myself all the time, if God's not answered specific prayers in mind, the other day I prayed for something so minute, I will say this, so very minute, uh, as far as the, the scale of real world problems. In that, <laughs> evening, in that evening, he answered it. And I was so grateful. And I got in my truck and I just said, God, thank you so much. I know you were going to answer these other things, but if you don't, then what are you trying to teach me in the meantime? Right. Because yeah. at one time in my life, I, and this was just shifting perspective. I've been like, why me? Why me? You know, why <laughs> is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And he's like, mm-hmm. this is happening to you. And now my perspective, and I'm always like, God, what are you trying to teach me during this? Yeah. And that's like the perfect perspective. It kind of made me think of the story, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because if, if I was being found in the fiery furnace, I would have been like, why me? Why me? Like, what's yeah. your point here, God? But, you know, they sat there and said, like, I know my God is capable. And even if I still yep. choose to worship him. That's exactly like, right. Even if he doesn't come through. Yeah. I still choose to worship him. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, sister. Praise be to God, girl. Praise be to God. Listen, this has been such a awesome time with you. I have enjoyed this immensely. 
This has been super fun. Super fun. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I am just excited about you coming back to Jackson. I am sorry that I missed your book signing. I would have loved to have been there. But when um, you do come back to Jackson, I'd love to see you. I'd love to meet the guy. I have to get you to sign. <laughs> I, listen, the, the book is in my Amazon cart. My son is adding stuff. He's been wearing me out about a pair of shoes. And I'm like, uh-huh. listen, this pair of shoes. And I and I finally said, I was like, you were the best salesperson ever obviously I've taught you well but I'm like if you were this worried about your grades like you are these shoes we'd be making hundreds in every subject life would be great right yeah but I, I told him I was like well he's like can we order this stuff in the Amazon car can we order this stuff and I'm like oh oh but your book is in the Amazon cart because I will get it and I will read it and then I want you to sign it sister <laughs> I will be glad to sign it I will be glad to sign it. Well, tell everybody where they can find you, like on social media, uh, where and um, the name of your book, just so that they know, and then where they can find it, um, you know, on the different platforms, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, whatever, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Instagram, and I have a pretty, I feel like unique name, so it's pretty easy. Uh, Miley, again, M-Y-L-E-E. Uh, Bankston and that's literally the whole handle is Miley Bankston on TikTok and Instagram nothing too crazy Uh, my book is called is being single a gift trusting God while unpacking hard truths on singleness Um, and I do want to say that this book is not just for single people Uh, I think it it does definitely apply to people that are church leaders or just any friend family member of a single person because honestly like my goal or God's vision I guess that he placed in my heart was to find ways to help people to love their single friends well, because I think that there's a lot of misguided advice and encouragement. And I just wanted to point that out and give some other ways and different perspectives, even for just people to view singleness. Um, And so I hope that a lot of people who are not single pick this up as well. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it'd be great as if, um, and I say this, if youth leaders got a hold of this, right? because mm-hmm. there are a lot of young women and men that are single and they really don't know how to navigate through that and what that looks like yeah no I agree and um I mean what better way to be taught about even dating or like teaching a, a guy like you said like what it looks like to to be an Ephesians 5 man I guess or a yeah. girl you know you can be a virtuous woman that they talk about in Proverbs 31 without without even being married, like you can take those character traits on, but like, what does it look like to be a godly wife and to date with purpose? And what better way to like learn that from the church than like Hollywood? Cause obviously Hollywood's struggling. Oh, I'm telling you sister. I mean, I'm telling Now I want to ask you, have you seen redeeming love yet? The movie? I have not because it came out while I was like on my fast and I was yeah. like, do I, go, I don't know if I go watch this or not. So I have not made time to go see it yet. I've heard people say it was pretty good. Well done. Right. Um, so I'm excited to see it. I think we might have read that in high school. I don't remember yeah. if I did or not, but. I'm going to tell you something. That was a book that I could, I mean, that book is like 500 pages long. Mm. It was so big. I will never forget getting up at like three and four o'clock in the morning and reading it and then going to bed late that night to read it. So I'm like, is the book really going to be as good? In, I mean, is the movie going to be nearly as good as the book? So I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn about it, you know, because I do like Frances River. I think she's a phenomenal writer. Yeah. And I know that the Hollywood kind of put their spin on it and I've heard some reviews about it and some oh. like a sensitive scene. 
Um, but I know that the story, you have to kind of also be realistic about maybe what that story was like that, the, that it's taken from. So, right. Yeah. Um, but which I do kind of talk about. I just love that I got a message from mom. How did the podcast go? Oh, um, hello, Ginger. We're still on air. <laughs> um, but I do actually bring up because I think that I don't know what I'm allowed to say on this podcast or not. Yes, but please. Uh, I even bring up the talk about sex and pornography in my book because I think that that is um, something that maybe youth groups and I grew up in the purity movement. So I feel like that maybe was a different culture of like wearing your purity ring, which I didn't have one, but I know people who did. Um, and I think people just didn't talk about it, maybe. Right. And I feel like there's a healthy way to talk about it. Um, so I, I wanted to find a way to address that as well. So I, I did bring up a topic about how the church addresses sex and uh, talks about that to people. So it could be really beneficial for youth as well. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I think that, um, I, I mean, I listen, I know this sounds crazy and I'm a mom, but I mean, I have to talk to Lucas about it and about just just the purity and why God, you know, there's so many things that go along with that, right? And he's 14, mm-hmm. but he's a boy. And and I didn't realize it, but even a man at 45, they're they're the same age at 14. I mean, and, and I know that sounds like what, but they honestly get it when they're born. And I read Wild at Heart. I don't know if you've ever read that book, Wild at Heart. I don't think I have. I know and, what you're talking about, though. Oh, sister, it's a fantastic book. It's just talking about how God, how men are created in God's image. And um, and then, oh, my gosh, I promoted this book. I promoted these two books for, like, years. And I gave the girls' version of that book away. And I'm looking in my uh, bookcase over there, and I'm like, I could not see it. I guess I gave my last one away. Because I bought, like, 10 of them and started handing them out to all my girlfriends. Captivating. I knew I was going to remember it. Captivating. Oh, yeah. Now, you know how God... Uh, how we're created in God's image, but it's true. But I, but I love the fact that you talk about it because I don't want it to be a stigma, right? Because if you don't talk about it, just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean that it's not happening. And I do not want to be naive like that. And just because the church always seems to throw men under the bus for dealing with pornography, women also does not be naive to know that women also don't struggle with that as well. Um, so I think it needs to be discussed and I think a big thing that our culture is missing is uh, there's many ways that you can save your virginity but lose your purity preach it sister and so I think that we have to figure out like what that to, to navigate that well and I guess the best way that has guided me to is like looking at the verse that describes what love is in the bible and I think the first thing it says, love is patient, right? So if I love the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, I'm going to patiently wait to experience him in that in intimate way once I'm married. Right. No, I, I and I think that that's fantastic, right? So I think, and I, so I follow Tim Tebow on LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. And I just think his story I didn't realize, and I've I'm not, I've never been a big Gators fan, right? So I really, and I kind of crossed those two, and then when he, but I saw him at Freed Hardeman speak. What a phenomenal, phenomenal, I mean, I give kudos, and I'm like, Heather, you missed out on a lot. Like, really, I knew his message and stuff, but, like, he really did walk that, even though, you know, the devil's throwing things at him left and right, and 
there's something to be said about that, right? It, about purity and just staying a virgin until you're married because you are truly getting to know that person. I mean, there's just so, so many things that go along with that. But you, girl, you are exactly right. But I don't want to be naive either because I got a 14-year-old with the whole social world, you know, he thinks. And I'm like, just because you listen to it and see it on TikTok or just because you watch it on Instagram does not mean that it's true, son. You know, and I'm, listen oh and then you know it's it's crazy what it, it's just crazy it, it goes even and then i say this because algorithms even with p- pornography situations they follow these kids even though they don't know what they're they might not be naive but mm-hmm. i mean you know, it goes like this oh well look at this and then you click it and then before you know it so I'm going to tell you something on this router over here, sister. I gotten this from a woman several years ago. One of my girlfriends were raising her kids together. These kids, sorry, family circle. It pops up, it pops up. And then it, it alerts me if something's trying to come in or they're trying to look yeah. at something. And I'm like, I've got to, I got to guard him. I'm sorry. I got to guard him. No, but that's good though, because I think it's, I mean, it's very evident like the things that you take in is what you're going to produce. Yep. That's right. So, you want to make sure you're taking in, you know, positive things and things of, you know, God and not constantly secular things, which I think is one of the fastest. So cool. Cause like, I'm not taking in anything that's really secular at that point. It's like all Christian content and positive uplifting things. So that's awesome. Cause this world's hard. I mean, this life is hard. Yeah. And then you look at Hollywood feeding, feeding just like what success looks like and what our ideal image should be and, you know, things like that. And it's just, it's so unhealthy. And I, I, I think that it definitely plays a role. Like you said, social media, Hollywood, it plays a role in our young people's lives. And that's why we have the anxiety and depression and all that today. And so many more issues. <laughs> yes. So many more. And that could be on another podcast, but it's true. And you're right. You've got to be guarded. And, and, and I just want to make sure that I give Blue Kiss the right tools um, not to make the same mistakes that I did, but that he would have the armor of God on when he goes out every day. Ultimately, that's it. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, For sure. I'm telling you, listen, Molly, you are such a sweetheart and I'm super excited about your future. I'm just excited to see where this book takes you. I'm excited about this new relationship. I'm just, I'm excited for you, sister. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to see like what all God's doing and how he's moving and being open to wherever he takes me and what his plans are for me. And if that means a a book number two at some point, I'll do it. (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome. (laughs) Well, listen, I hope you have a great night. And I just really do appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me. And maybe we'll be able to convince mom to hop on now after hearing hearing it. She'll be like, oh, this is a breeze. (laughs) I know, right? But I really wanted her to talk about stuff because it's... It's really a big deal, and I'd love, and I know she'll be like, what? I'm, even bring the dog. Come on. What's the dog's name again? I forgot. Tucker. Tucker. I remember that precious, precious, precious. I so can speak. Yes, precious. So maybe, maybe we can convince her to do that. Give him a hug for me Wednesday. I miss little Tucker. <laughs> I will. Listen, he's going to bark. He's going to get up on the counter, and I'm like, oh, little sweet thing. Oh, I'm super excited. Well, listen, I hope you have a great night. Tell your mother as hello. I will. I will. Wednesday. And listen, I really do, and I appreciate it. All right, cool. Thanks. Have a good night.